0: welcome to my mom's show (laughs) hello welcome to episode 92 of the single mother survival guide podcast my name is julia husher and i am the host of this show i'm so excited that you're here If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if this is your first time listening, I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast has a variety of episode formats. Sometimes I speak to other single moms who share their stories. I speak to inspirational women or people in general. I speak to experts who can give us amazing advice, or I share some advice with you myself. This episode, it's amazing. I love this woman. She, She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Um, I'm really excited to get into it. There is a little bit of background noise. <laughs> My poor guest, she was trying so hard to find somewhere quiet to sit. And I think recording this in the middle of the school holidays in the library, it was a little bit louder than we both anticipated. <laughs> so there is a bit of background noise, but I've tried to cut out as much as I can. So it's um, stick with it. It's such a great episode and she is truly amazing all right without any further ado let's get into it on the Mm -hmm. show with me today I have single mum Belinda Phillips hi Belinda thank you so much for being here today
1: Thank you for
0: having me. I know it's been a little bit of an effort. It's not um, always easy, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, So we just met the other day and we had a great little chat at the Mama Creatives event that we were both at. And, um, you know, I just, as soon as I started talking to you, I thought, oh, my God, I'd love to have this woman on the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show because I think you've got some really great advice for some of the ladies that listen. So thank you. Well,
1: I appreciate you giving me the opportunity of this being my soapbox, (laughs) standing on my soapbox for the moment to passionately (laughs) share as much as I can with as many women as I can.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that. So first of all, tell us a bit about you. How many kids do you have? How old are they? And where do you live?
1: Um, Two children. And there are 18 and 16, girl and a boy. And we've just moved to Sydney. It's been a year. And this is
0: my fifth continent, 13th city, and
1: two marriages later.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So where did you – you moved from South Africa, wasn't it, a year ago?
1: Um, actually from Perth 10 months ago. No, we were in Perth for 10 months. A year ago, and before that, South Africa two and a half years, and prior to that, Australia, Europe, South America.
0: Amazing! All with the kids. They must be very used to travel, which is awesome. Yeah,
1: they were some of the places they weren't born yet, but yes, they're very used to travel, and they're very used to experiencing a big life.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Not
1: a cosseted life.
0: Yeah. really good so tell me Mm -hmm. when did you split up with the father of your children
1: gosh that was um well my son is now 16 as I said and he was almost three so 13 years ago
0: 13 years ago and um what happened like why why did the relationship sort of come come to an end at that time
1: it was a challenging relationship from the start in that he, he did have a lot of physical health issues, and I believed that I could change his view, change his negativity, and enable me heal him. I guess I had illusions of being the healer, but when there was a final financial betrayal, it was a huge awakening for me. And, yeah, that was kind of an iron curtain that came down. Yeah. I couldn't have continued with. Once the trust is broken, as far as I'm concerned, it's very hard to reheal.
0: Very hard. Very, very hard.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, so when you split up, um, you became a single mum. And how did you feel about that?
1: I became a very frightened single mum. I went from not having to work, in fact, I'm kind of being encouraged not to work and was living the life of <coughs> a man living in a mansion, three-storey mansion, swimming pool, assistants, helpers at home, um, to having to find a tiny furnished apartment and, um, yeah, frightened, absolutely frightened.
0: That would have been a huge change. Mm. I think it's very hard for women, especially when they've been out of the workforce and they've been, you know, a full-time carer for the kids to be sort of thrust in this situation where they have to make ends meet financially. It's very difficult.
1: Yes, I did start a business about a year before we um, split up. But it was very much a a hobby, Mm. which is a very different mindset to running a business to pay the rent. It's very different to running the business to have petty cash.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's very brave that you were the one to end the relationship knowing that you know, you didn't have any money. It was going to be hard. You knew that and you still ended it. It's very brave because I think a lot of people, they don't leave relationships for that reason.
1: No, absolutely. I often joke and say that I've been given a soul that speaks so loudly that I I cannot go against my inner voice. Yeah. Uh, Yes, on the one hand, I was absolutely aware of the fact that if I continued in the marriage financially, I'd be fine, absolutely. My soul may have died, but my external world would have been fine. Yeah. So, yes, it was challenging, but the only way forward.
0: Yeah. So Mm. you then remarried. How long afterwards did you meet your second husband
1: it was a year later and within that year I did meet different suitors but always I only realize now in retrospect I met them with a subconscious view of them being my rescue plan Mm. so I didn't meet them on an equal footing or on a, from a place of strength.
0: Were you looking to be rescued?
1: Uh, absolutely. I think subconsciously. Yeah. As much as my business is starting to take off, I think it's only at this point in my life that I realize that I do have all the tools to create what I need to create. Whereas up until this point in life, I always believed that a man needed to fulfill the bigger needs, the bigger.
0: The happiness, the finances. Yeah. 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 The
1: security, the security. Yeah. I didn't trust the fact that I had the resources within me to create all the security for my children and I. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, the business that you started a year before you left your husband, is that the business that you have now, La Luna? No. No, no. No.
1: no, not at all. No, so um, with the, my second husband that I met, he's from Zimbabwe and his view was once he leaves Zimbabwe, he wants to leave Africa so when we left south africa saw that business and no la luna was really born out of my uh, very destructive and very enlightening relationship with him it was only born two years ago
0: it's amazing so you met that you met your second husband a year after you'd been single And so how long, so you were then together for a very, very long time.
1: Um, Yeah, we were together for seven years.
0: And did he have any children?
1: No, he'd never been married. Yeah. And I thought that to be a great bonus, less baggage, which I think is a very um, superficial way of looking at people's values. Because sometimes the more baggage one carries and is able to, the bigger one's temperament and ability to live a full life.
0: Yeah, strength and resilience and. Absolutely. Lessons learned. Yeah. yeah. Baggage
1: is beautiful, actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I agree. Um, I actually really don't like the term baggage. I think, um, no. I think it really, um, you know, suggests this real kind of negativity and. Um, Yeah, I think it's life experience.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I carry beautiful Louis Vuitton luggage with me. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever I go, I have this gorgeous array of luggage, baggage. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Absolutely. I love love my baggage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I do.
0: So... Tell me what happened in the relationship. Why was it so destructive?
1: Well, he was, um, at that stage, undiagnosed, bipolar, and very violent and very damaged. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, it was the full Monty, absolutely. I always say that some people need a flicker to awaken them, and I needed the Great Wall of China to drop on me, to awaken.
0: To give you a shake and say, Belinda, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, so it was, I was living outside of myself, probably for the greater part of seven years, almost in disbelief that this was my life, that I was the woman landing up, being thrown on the floor, covering myself with bruises and in a very
0: distorted
1: way, starting to accept and feel comfortable with the abuse.
0: It became your normal.
1: Yeah, it became my comfort. It actually became my security. That was my parameter for being noticed.
0: And did anyone know what was going on? Like, did you speak to your friends or your family about it? Did the kids know what was happening or was it all very behind closed doors and I'm not going to talk about it with anyone? Uh, my parents
1: knew what, you know, knew that there had been abuse in the relationship, but they, well, this is where I also my, got my philosophy from, where they just chose to overlook it. And kept really? believing that it would improve and that, yeah, my mother's words to me were that I'm also not that easy. Wow. So it becomes the norm. In fact, I always used to think of the title from the As Good As It Gets. I often used to say to myself, well, this is as good as it gets so in designing
0: yeah so mm. when you when your okay. mum said that to you you probably convinced yourself that you somehow deserved it I mean that kind of statement like you're not that you know you're not that you're mm. quite difficult um I don't know yeah. would make me think oh, gosh did well, I do something to deserve this
1: I th- I believe and I mean one can't be categorical and generalize but I, I do believe that in the majority of cases of abusive accepting abusive relationships there's a deep undercurrent of comfort because that's what one is programmed to believe that you deserve yeah so there's almost a relief in meeting somebody that finally is giving you what you deserve
0: so sad
1: it is a very destructive terrible cycle yeah very difficult to get out of
0: very difficult how so how did you get out of it what was the turning point if you you know you'd accepted it for so long at what point did you say no like this is not as good as it gets
1: well i was very blessed that something came to me, because if it didn't, if a situation didn't present itself to me, I don't know if I would have had the resolve just from one day to the next to say, this is it, I'm out. Yeah. And my, <clears throat> sorry, my turning point is really by absolute chance. I saw on his computer that he was clearly addicted to pornography. But not only that, which, I'm, you know, I think that one can through therapy and assistance work through that as a couple, but not only to pornography but to young girls,
0: oh my, my daughter God. being abused. I was really hoping you weren't going to say that.
1: Yeah. And when I saw that, that was, that was the turning point. I knew my life would be hell trying to divorce him. But there was no going back.
0: Did you just say he had photos of himself abusing your daughter?
1: No, 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 not himself. Oh, Oh. no, God, no.
0: No, no, other girls, little girls. like.
1: um, No, 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 not of himself. Pornography, looking at sites. Looking at sites of of young girls. um,
0: Oh, your daughter's age.
1: Yeah, like 18 and abused, but they weren't 18. They were like 12-year-olds.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah, so I'm I am a lioness when it comes to my children. Yeah. And you can in those days, no longer. But I could have handled it well, as I did, a lot of abuse, but not my children. No way. My children will never pay the price for my psychological perhaps damage or or yeah just issues within me yeah so that was a very clear turning point
0: yeah so when you saw that you were like I have to leave there's no choice I have to leave absolutely
1: no it was just devastating
0: and how did he react did you confront him with what you had discovered I found the warrior woman
1: within me that he he didn't know who he came home to because I was so clear and resolved and had found such an inner strength. There was no deviation of perhaps it could work or yeah. maybe it's not that bad which he tried to convince me of, you know, that he was only looking at sites and they popped up and he didn't go onto them. He doesn't know how those sites came onto his computer. But I was very clear and resolved.
0: Yeah. It's not something that you can risk to even, um, you know, give someone the benefit of the doubt, like if you have that stuff. Yeah.
1: No, that's exactly. I think once... Once a partner has the ability to just overstep a line of healthy boundary, it's enough to move on.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Belinda, I'm so sorry. That's awful.
1: Yeah, and then the moving on phase because we're not talking, you know, he's not a mentally. Healthy person. So the actual um, separation phase was very, very dramatic. We had fake bomber scares in the house. Oh my God. Outside the house. Well, we're talking about a, a, He's been in wars. He's. Yeah, so his reaction to, us, to the um, rejection. Was violent.
0: He was like, "I'm not accepting this as a." And
1: he, yeah, and he went back into the headspace of war, which is what he'd experienced in Zimbabwe. People trying to grab the land from him, and he had war tactics. Jesus Christ! So it was the same. It was the same kind of um, trigger for him yeah it was an 18 months of hell far out yeah until I got to the point where something just snapped within me one day and I thought the worst that can happen is he does kill me and then I'll be dead (laughs) oh my
0: gosh and then was this all in South Africa no in Perth and this was in Perth yes oh my god no
1: i think had it been in south africa well first of all i don't think the police would have taken it that seriously
0: well, thank but god soon, you were in perth
1: i think the lawyers would have understood more the kind of mentality they were working with right. whereas in perth i went through a channel of three lawyers different lawyers because they just didn't get who they were working with. Yeah. They didn't understand that level of destructive deviousness.
0: What did they think, that he was just mentally deranged or something?
1: No, that was also a very interesting process because I'm, I'm, I could also stand on my soapbox with regard to going through the legal system And I think that very few lawyers actually understand the emotional side of divorce. Yeah. It just becomes, it feels like it becomes quite a power struggle.
0: Yeah.
1: Who's going to win? Yeah. Who's one, one upmanship on the other? Who writes the better legal letter? And I think that the empathy... Towards the client is and the children involved.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that too. And I have to say, not with my lawyer, but um, with other lawyers, it's often like you—you you see, it's like you're just a number to them. And I think it feels Absolutely. like they get really complacent. It's just like a day in their life at work, mm-hmm. whereas you know, this Absolutely. is people's lives they're helping. Exactly. You know, it's gonna—it's like a sliding doors moment. Um, yeah. Anything could
1: happen. It's terrifying. Yeah, no. And unfortunately, I've experienced the legal profession quite acutely in this instance because with my first divorce, in order for my children to move to Australia with my second husband and I, we had to go through a year-long process
0: of relocation so because yes. did he is he still in South Africa and he wanted them to yes. stay there with him
1: well he just wanted the legal system to decide what was in their interest which was also very difficult for me to accept because they are our children. They don't belong to a legal system.
0: Well, that's exactly right. And I've spoken to a lawyer about this. Actually, it's like it's not. If you can, you know, think about it. If the parents can decide, they're the ones who know the kids the best. Well, not absolutely. the judge. Not the lawyers. Mm-hmm. They have no clue what's going on. You know how what a kid, what that particular kid needs and exactly. is like. Yeah. So we had two legal
1: psychologists. Interviewing us spending a weekend with us having meals with us
0: oh, gosh. basically
1: for in us over the year that <laughs> was very stressful in and of itself
0: yeah that's very scary because you're you know you're thinking what are these people going to decide and
1: well exactly
0: it also is quite. I don't know, I can imagine pretty humiliating. I even just found the court process humiliating, like having, you know, all these people in the court and the judge, like, hear all these parts of your, you know, private relationship and then having these people come in and judge you basically. Exactly. Yeah, far out.
1: And in that year, um, my second husband and I were married, but living, he was living in Zimbabwe and I was living in South Africa.
0: So you wanted so, to move to Zimbabwe for, like at that time?
1: No, no, no. We were going to move to
0: Australia, Australia. Yeah.
1: if we were given the go-ahead. Right. Otherwise, he would have had to move to South Africa, which he didn't want to because um, there was no possibility we could live in Zimbabwe. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah, so the the level of intensity, Mm. of the destructiveness within my second marriage, I was aware that it wasn't a comfort zone, but I didn't anticipate it would get to the level that it did when we were in Perth. Yeah. With each other 24-7, you know, living under the same roof.
0: Yes. Because that was the first time you'd lived together as husband and wife.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So the judge, back to the first husband and the kids. So the judge said, "Yes, mm-hmm. you can relocate." Mm-hmm. And how did your how did the the father the kids' father deal with that? Was he accepting of that or?
1: Yeah, he was.
0: Well, that's good. At least <laughs> I'm positive. He was, uh, and
1: and. He is, which also kind of perplexes me.
0: Yeah, it is unusual. Um, so does he have any contact with the kids now?
1: Oh, yes, no, very much so. And that's one thing I've been very adamant about. Yeah. When my daughter takes it on board that she he could assist a lot more with the children than he does financially. And when she sees me in moments of fear or anxiety financially, she really does take it on board towards her father, her attitude towards her father. And I've always insisted that I do not want them to live through the sins of their fathers. Yeah. It's his journey and my journey. Yeah. Their relationship with him is separate yeah, my relationship with him.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really good. I mean, you're doing the right thing there.
1: So they do. They have, they have a good relationship with him. And, yeah, I've come to realize that very little is personal in life. I think yeah. we all just act out who we are. Yeah. Which gives me the ability to take a step back when they have issues with their dad and to see it more logically, not via my emotions. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say they have, given the fact that they see him once a year, um, they have a great relationship with him. Yeah. Which is, I think, so essential Because who my daughter marries, if she chooses to one day, will be very dependent on her relationship with her dad now. Yeah. Likewise to the kind of man my son becomes. Yeah. And I wish for them to make different choices to the ones that I made.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? I mean... I'm sure our kids are going to make choices one day that we look at and go oh my god you did not you're not doing this I can't believe you're doing this
1: absolutely Um,
0: but that's what shapes that's what shapes people and you know I mean look at you you've learned so much through these experiences and you've come out so much stronger and resilient and you know it's I think that It can just teach us so much. So I think a few bad decisions is probably a good thing.
1: Yes, unfortunately. I think that the, exactly, I think that the, we don't realize that it's Louis Vuitton baggage (laughs) (laughs) until we unwrap it.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Absolutely. In fact, when I, now my daughter being 18 and starting to explore and date, and I try and protect her. And she, she says to me, Mom, I'm going to make mistakes, but you have to allow me to yeah. make my mistakes.
0: Yeah, it's so, true.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think also to, to support our children's mistakes and support our own. They're not mistakes. I don't think they're mistakes. Yeah. Bumps in the road. Yes. I think, gives us and them incredible tools just to
0: have the capacity
1: to drive over the bumps and just know it's a bump.
0: Yeah, exactly. You'll get through
1: it. Forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Depends how we package it. And I think as parents have quite a big influence there. Mm. To yeah, enable absolutely. one's child to feel like a failure and a disappointment or to just drive the bump with them?
0: Yeah. Just support them. Yeah, absolutely. So when you uh split out with your second from your second husband, how did you did your feelings about becoming a second mum? a single mom a second time around, was it different to the first time?
1: More frightening.
0: <laughs> really? Yes.
1: More what, frightening.
0: Financially because, still or for other reasons? I was,
1: worse, I was worse off. Because we we were living in Australia. I didn't have a business. And I signed everything across to him in order to get out of it <clears throat> because I couldn't afford to go to court. And that's why I think the whole legal system is just so yeah. distorted. Because yeah. if you can't go to court, afford to go to court, the lawyers are not willing to represent you without being paid up front. So you're in a rock and a hard place.
0: Yeah, As my lawyer said
1: to me very glibly, I should just sign the agreement, give him what he wants, get on a plane, go back to South Africa and make sure I never meet a man like that again. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, so I signed our home over to him. And he'd already pretty much cleared our joint account out.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And I literally was given sufficient funds to go back to South Africa and take a container load of half of our furniture back. Jesus. Yeah, so that was, it was really frightening. And the day that I signed this agreement, I was in absolute desperation. It was surreal to signing my financial so-called security away. And I called my parents who basically said to me that until I sorted out my life, they didn't want to hear from me.
0: Oh, Belinda.
1: So it was was very overwhelmingly frightening. And my husband at the time let me know that he had also made contact with my ex-husband, the children of my father, and in the emails they'd written to each other, my ex-husband, the children of my father, supported my current husband completely.
0: You're kidding.
1: And offered him assistance and advice wherever he needed it.
0: Oh my God.
1: Regardless of the fact that he knew I was divorcing him, for the, he knew the reasons, I was the ultimate crescendo why I was divorcing him.
0: He knew that daughter. he was a pedophile.
1: Yeah, that our daughter's safety could have been at risk. Jesus
0: Christ.
1: Yeah, so I was in a place, it's, yeah, I think by the grace of God and, oh, sorry, and I must start quite a big part. (laughs) My son, my ex-husband, the father of my children, started working on my son to return to South Africa to live with him. And I, I said, never, you know, it would be an impossibility to split our children. I would never, ever conceive of doing that. No. And, yeah, to cut a long story short, after probably about nine months, of working on my son and us going to therapists and him working against the therapist's advice. He, I I got to a point, I couldn't manage the lawyers, my son, the deceit, the double-sided games from my ex. And I spoke to him one day and said to him, if you want him to return, come and fetch him he's not going on an airplane by himself yeah thinking he would never do it and he came on the friday and oh he gosh. left Jared on the saturday
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah no that was that was as though somebody had removed an organ from my body while i was awake
0: oh my that gosh
1: was devastating yeah, so is he the, over
0: is he in south africa now
1: no, so he lived there for um, with his dad for nine months. While I was going through the divorce, I couldn't have left Australia, even if I wanted to at that stage. And my daughter never wanted to return to South Africa. But we had to. In the end, we had to after the divorce. So, yeah, so at that stage, it was really... Um, My whole world was shattered. I didn't have my son living with me. I didn't have parents to support me. You know, my financial situation was nothing. I had no career. And I had one strong soul just believing in me throughout the journey, my daughter.
0: Oh, making me teary.
1: Me too. (laughs) When I talk about her, she's been this resilient, absolute believer in me throughout the entire journey. So, so yeah. So, at that stage, after the divorce, my second ex husband. Offered for me, I had booked tickets to go back to South Africa in the middle of the year, so my daughter could continue schooling. Yeah. At that time, in the middle of the year, I thought it would be the least disruptive. And he offered for for me to rent the home from him for the last two months. Or, no, was like the month. The the, the month. one
0: the one the ex, the second ex husband in Perth.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And isn't that just like a little bit? Were you exactly. fuming? I would have been like, excuse my language, but fucking outraged about that. <laughs> like, I
1: was actually, I was beyond that. I thought I had actually, I'd come, I was living at a very heightened spiritual level. And I believe that's what kept me going. I felt as though I was propped up by angels. Yeah. And my feelers were incredibly heightened. So I, I would, preempt and pick up various things along the way of the 18-month journey of divorcing him, which kept me very protected. Hmm. So when he offered that as well, I thought there's some gift in this. And I gave myself a few days. I mean, I told him to go and take his off and screw himself. <laughs> but I didn't know what we would do, and I took a few days to – kind of work with what had happened, which I think is invaluable advice to anybody. I used to be very reactive. I would get stimulus and react. Yeah. And now I hold it because the reaction is not where the power lies, where one's empowerment lies. I think the stillness of holding the information and just trusting that you will come to an incredibly strong answer and path to follow is where the power lies. It's not in being reactive.
0: I love I that. That's,
1: I, I that's where our disempowerment lies. That's where our self-destruction lies when we just react. We might as well just go and cut ourselves up when we yeah. just react. Yeah. That's but amazing. holding it. I think we find resources and avenues that are beyond us. And I did in this instance because I said to my daughter that I would, I'm would. i taking her out of school, we're going to rent a camper van on the condition that she would write a journal every day to keep her brain functioning. Yeah. And we would just take off and tour Western Australia. Yeah. And my, my nervous system needed it. I knew I couldn't just go from Perth onto an aeroplane back to South Africa to deal with other issues in South Africa as well because I wasn't yeah. going back to a nurturing, closeting family situation.
0: Well, that's right. Yeah, it would have been very different if you'd had the support of your family. Absolutely.
1: Oh, gosh, absolutely. Then I would have been delighted to go back. Yeah. But I was going back into another furnace. Yeah. And I had a great therapist at the time, and I used to say to her, if I have to go back to South Africa, I will kill myself. Well, I was confronted with going back to South Africa, and I knew that. And that wasn't an option. Yeah. So we rented a camper van, and I had the most... Extraordinary um, five weeks of my life with my daughter and her teddy bear. (laughs) (laughs) As mature looking as she is, we still had to take her teddy bear with us.
0: Oh, I love that. uh, I hope my daughter came with (laughs) teddies.
1: So Beethoven came on the trip with us. Thank (laughs) you. And it was Absolutely just extraordinary. It was really a Thelma and Louise trip but with my daughter. And she was um, 13, I think 13, 14 at the time. Yeah. So in the times that she would be sleeping in the morning, because she would wake up a lot later than me, <laughs> I, I, I would sit at the front of the camper van and think, what am I going to do? How am I going to reinvent my life? I have yeah. to work, but what am I going to do? You know, the world, since the days when I was employed, the whole world, technology, economy, structures had changed so dramatically. Yeah. And I would sit with a pen and paper and just, I knew I had this... Five weeks ahead of me, so I didn't feel like I have to decide by tomorrow. Yeah, and I don't had a know, come, Yeah, I come to realize that these decisions made on fear, uh, they don't work. They just yeah. can't work. And I would just write in the journal and think of ideas. And my daughter woke up one day, and I said to Bella, "I've got a business." And I showed her the name, La Luna Lifestyle. I spoke concept through with her, and it just all made sense that I wanted to create a business called it La Luna, because in fact, every night when she was sleeping, I would look at the moon and think, "You've got to give me some answers. there's got to be some energies out there to help yeah. me yeah. So I called it La Luna because I think the power of the moon and the influence on women is tremendous. And because we accept the changing cycles of the moon, but we don't as readily accept the changing cycles within ourselves. Yeah. And I just think each cycle is magnificent, which it is with the moon as well. Yeah. And I wanted to bring about a business which really is aimed at women 40 plus to because I think so often women lose themselves in their journeys of life
0: totally through Especially children, in relationships, and yeah, and kids
1: absolutely. And I wanted to create um, a not only a fashion range, but a means for women to find back to themselves and their femininity and their sensuality and their voice. And I think that when a woman intrinsically is feeling good within herself physically, because there's so much emphasis put onto a woman's physicality. Yeah. And when she feels good within herself be she a size eight or a size twenty-eight. Yeah. She feels more empowered and there's just an enormous amount of voice and power within all women.
0: Yeah. That I think
1: we ourselves as women undermine until we hit a wall.
0: Yeah. I think that's so, amazing. Like,
1: and I, I, Sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say it's so, it's just like, I don't know, I, it's kind of giving me goosebumps that you kind of, you know, out somewhere in Western Australia, you know, dreaming about this kind of, you know, what are you going to do, thinking about it every day and then you came up with this concept. I just think it's so, so cool. Like it's really good. And,
1: I also realized that things need to be circular. Nothing works that's linear. Mm. We all have to, you know, when people flippantly say namaste, it hasn't meant much to me in the past. But I think we do lead, we have to lead lives of the awareness of namaste because my happiness is your happiness and vice versa. Yeah. My success is your success. I think we all carry an energy linking each other we're not even aware of. So I didn't yeah. want the clothing to be made in China, utilizing cheap labor. I wanted it to be made by women that are underprivileged, you know unseen, artisans and that also would get to benefit. Yeah. So Luna is really a a circular business where everybody along what I call the chain of love gets to benefit.
0: It's amazing.
1: And I was also very inspired to do it because I realized that I did have the resources, the experience behind me, having worked in New York, Italy, Buenos Aires within the fashion industry, and having been to university, I had all the resources within me to pick myself up and start all over again somehow. Yeah. Whereas women that are living in poverty-stricken, disadvantaged countries don't have any of those resources.
0: That's right, and they often don't have any education behind them either to kind of... Yeah,
1: and I work now. I work of the probably gosh two hundred artisans that at one stage or another that La Luna works with,
0: and they're all women from you know yeah all over the three world. Three of
1: them, the three yes.
0: men, <laughs> it's
1: yes, yeah. There really are women from all over the world that. I'm not empowering, they're empowering themselves.
0: Yeah, and so do they design and make the clothes or are you designing and they're making the clothes or how does it work?
1: Yeah, I design and um, I have cutters and seamstresses I work with in South Africa and also in Bali now. And so the fashion is just one part of the business And then accessories and jewellery is more varied. I work with many artisans within that category. So a lot of the women are self-empowering. A lot of the women are being taught by top designers to create various products. And, yeah, La Luna has just become a wonderful outlet. Outlet and inlet for just so many beautiful women's souls.
0: You, I hope you are just so incredibly proud of yourself because, you know, you have picked yourself up off the floor and created something amazing. And what an amazing well, role you. model of a mother. Like I bet your children are so proud of you. Well,
1: thank you for that. Um The one thing I'm, I don't know, proud of, but happy within myself that I had the ability to do, and that was to stop and listen for the first time to my inner voice and a higher powers direction. Yeah. I've always gone against, I think, my intuition, well, no, I haven't gone against it, but I've pushed, I've really pushed to make things happen in my life. So if I'm, well, my second husband's the perfect example, I pushed to make it come right. I used every device, I used all of my energy, I would sit in libraries and read to master what was going on in my relationship because I felt I could get it right. Whereas now I've come to realize that we are all just human. None of us have that greater power to change the next person, let alone ourselves. It takes, I think, a lifetime to know ourselves. Mm. So, To imagine that we can know the next and change the next is an illusion. Yeah. So I'm grateful that I came to realize that. And when I have ideas now, I put them into place and I allow them to flow in the direction they need to flow. I don't shove them and push them into the direction that I feel they should be going.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Um, I have to ask you, but your son, you know how when he moved back to South Africa, what made him come back?
1: That was a mystery because when I was in South Africa, my, his dad had a girlfriend at the time that um, my son adored because he, he had her wrapped around his little finger. So she was his chauffeur, his shopper, his chef. I mean, oh what my she god. did was pers- She was his personal assistant. He literally would treat her like, like when we treat, like an an arrogant boss would treat a personal assistant. Really? Oh my god! And I would see my son. I would say to him, "I don't recognize you. You're the kind of spoiled brat." that I abhor. So that was very difficult. Yeah. When I moved back to South Africa, imagining and hoping that he would want to be with me, he didn't, he really didn't want to be with me. He was, on the contrary, he was a little embarrassed in front of his friends of my car or the tiny apartment I lived in relative to what he had been experiencing with his dad, where he basically had his own credit card, boats, Mercedes, Rolls Royces, you know, that he was living a life of an illusion.
0: That must have been really painful.
1: So that was very hard as well, where I would cook his favourite food and be so excited he'd be coming for dinner and... Ten minutes into being in my apartment, he'd phone his dad's girlfriend and ask her to fetch him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was very painful, very. And my daughter was very, very depressed being back in South Africa. She hated it. And she changed school three times within the two years that we were there. And... I remember looking at her, we had our dogs with us that we took back from Perth. And I remember looking at her walking in the path alone in the park, sorry, downstairs from us alone again. And I looked at my beautiful teenage daughter of 14, alone, and I thought, this is not right. She's in the prime of her life. I have to take her back to Australia because she was a different child in Australia. She was like a butterfly whose wings had been unclipped. Yeah. And I made the decision that with La Luna, which I had just started, and I'd never been in production before or design or manufacture, it was all pretty overwhelming. But I made the decision that I'm, with whatever capital I had left, I'm going to um, move back to Australia with my daughter. I cannot keep seeing her like this. Yeah. And I told my son, I said to him, you're not going to hold my daughter hostage because he likes South Africa. Yeah. And I said, you hardly spend time with me. I felt the enormous pain of separation already. I can't feel more pain. So we will be going back to Australia. And he was clear. He said, I'm not coming with you. I said, that's okay. I'll always be here for you as your mother. Yeah. And it was very brave words, but I didn't, when my good friend would say to me, but can you imagine getting onto the airplane without your son again. And I said to her, I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to vision it. I'm just trusting. Something will happen. I don't know what. Something will happen. Yeah. And um, my son called me. It was like probably about a week before a container was due to leave back to Perth. And my son called me and said to me, Mom, I'm coming with you. And I oh said, don't, don't do this to me. I said, you can't do it to me and you can't do it most of all to your sister. You cannot play games with her mind like that. By saying, no, I'm coming. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. Which he would do, you know, when he'd yeah. come to us for dinners. He'd say, okay, I'm coming and I'll sleep over Friday night. And then he'd say on the Thursday evening, he'd phone or text and say, oh, no, I'm not coming anymore yeah so I said you can't do that, so I'm not accepting that you come in with, and that's it if you say you come in you need to you need to sort this out, yeah, and then the dad called me in was quite irate with me because he felt I'd been influencing him to join me to come back, and I convinced him that I hadn't, and he he, could, he couldn't understand why Jared, Jared sat him down and said to him, Dad, I'm going back to Australia. Yeah. And I still didn't believe it until he started arriving that day after day with suitcases of his clothing, books. And I wow. said, once it's packed, it's packed, that's it. I can't unpack the container when it's on the sea." Yeah. (laughs) Change your mind. And if you change your mind, I'm not paying to ship it back to South Africa. Yeah. And I was very clear with him. I said you have to understand it's not going to be an easy ride at all. We're going under negative financial situation. And you're not going to be living the life that you've lived in Cape Town of out every weekend, buying whatever he wanted to on boats on the weekend. And he said, I know all of that, Mum, but something in me, he said, of course, physically, I love the life I'm leading, but something in me knows I have to be with you and my sister. And he said, something in me knows I'm going to learn my important life lessons through you. which was huge at that age to have that realisation. gonna cry again <laughs> <laughs> and, it, no, it was, and yeah he came with which was wow I mean at the airport my daughter and I was sitting at him and called the last second saying are you sure you want to do this
0: she must have been over the moon
1: oh there are there that was the difficulty is that they were known at the school to be the only siblings that were best friends. They were almost always best friends. So to split them was really hard, very hard.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I just, that's coming back to my daughter again, Her, her inner resolve and her spirituality is just extraordinary that she managed it, the split. And initially there was quite a bit of um, tension between them, which had to be lived out. You know, as I said to my son, you, you can understand because she has to live out the anger, the disappointment, the fear, whatever she felt, because she felt you abandoned her. Yeah. And on the same level I would say to my daughter you can't hold it against him because he was a boy he needed that he needed to explore the connection with his father. Yeah and I would reverse it and say to her if you if you lived without me and I kept saying to you please come and live with me we'll go to the hairdresser together we'll do our nails together we'll go to movies wouldn't you want to live with me? So I think they understood each other's point yeah. of view. And yeah, now I I just marvel I do marvel at my children's ability to adapt and how they've both pulled in wherever they've had to with the business. I'm not saying it that it's been idealistic and they don't we don't have our Jerry Springer moments. <laughs> we have many of them when I say, please, won't you come and help? And it's, oh God, mama, I actually, and then we start our very spring moment, but we get through them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's normal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every single family goes no. through that.
1: Exactly. So we're very normal. It's not this idealistic teenage children that are just dying to help their mother in her business every day. <laughs>
0: No. Oh my gosh, Belinda, that's just amazing. I think you've—I mean, you've done an incredible job. You really have. Uh, and you're sorry. No, I was just going to
1: say, I just I wish I could instill in women the power of trust. Trusting, of course, putting in every effort one can, but just trusting that things unfold along the way in ways that we could never, ever have worked out or anticipated.
0: Yeah, So the universe we look, will have our back.
1: Absolutely. If we look at our lives as, as it is now, nobody would do anything because it's, it's frightening to foresee how it can possibly work itself out. So for women in abusive relationships to look at it in the now and how they can survive without the abuser. It's impossible. It's impossible to imagine. Because on paper you can't. Yeah. But they're just higher things that come into being and angels that come along the way that it's, one would never anticipate.
0: Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I also wanted to ask you about what you learnt from repartnering, as some might say, quite soon after, um, mm. you know, finishing things up off with your first husband and then sort of meeting someone else so quickly. Do you think in hindsight did you learn anything from that or would you have done anything differently?
1: Well I don't really think it's about timing. I think it's about where one's at within oneself. Definitely. And if you if you separate leave a first marriage from a position of strength, from a position of stillness and strength within oneself. And also a sense of autonomy, not that you've given most of yourself away in the marriage. I think if you have, then the first thing is to actually work on oneself and one's yeah. physical circumstance to pull oneself together and empower oneself.
0: Yeah. Yeah rather and I than looking for a Band-Aid or someone absolutely. to solve all the problems. To go from
1: one Band-Aid to another Band-Aid. I think yeah. you could have a 20-year gap, but if you're still in that mentality of looking for Band-Aids, then um, mm. it'll be disastrous. Yeah. But I think that if you have found that empowerment within yourself and that causes you to leave... A marriage you can meet somebody a week later yeah i think it's so much about one's mindset yeah and self-belief oh my gosh i think that is uh, you know i'm not i don't imagine or i'm not um, putting it down to your financial wherewithal or your financial status of security I think it's entirely relationship with self
0: yeah so important
1: absolutely I think everything stems from that (laughs) yeah which unfortunately that's the frustration that's so love I would Absolutely love to hand over my experience to so many women in the world. Yeah. But the great difficulty is that we only find our sense of self worth through our journey.
0: Yeah. But I think, you know, you spreading your story and sharing that with me and the listeners today I think you've definitely touched my heart and I think you're so inspirational and I think lots and lots of women listening will really think a lot about what you've said today and take something from it it's like it's you've you know it's been amazing
1: I so passionately hope so and I certainly don't advocate divorce I'm not no. a I don't know what is a man hater called? <laughs> I don't know what the word is,
0: yeah, Sorry. we just say man hater <laughs> <Yeah,
1: exactly. laughs> yeah, I think
0: yeah
1: I think so many, so many marriages can be saved as well, yeah, when you and sometimes they should
0: be absolutely. yeah, like it's if you can. Work it out, absolutely. You know, it's, it's often really worth fighting for.
1: And just a, just a different perspective often can help one work it out. Yeah. But, you know, for those that can't be, or certainly for any form of abusive marriage, if um, I would be honored to just be a shoulder to cry on, to for anybody to contact me. I'd be absolutely honoured.
0: Oh, that's so lovely of you. Oh, gosh, absolutely. Is the best way for people to contact you um, through the website, which is www.lalunalifestyle.com, is that, is there a... um, my email.
1: No, I'm happy with my
0: personal email.
1: Absolutely. Okay.
0: It's wonderful. Belinda,
1: I'll put that in the
0: show notes. Yeah.
1: Belinda at La Luna Lifestyle.
0: That's really that's lovely it. of you, Belinda. Belinda at La Luna Lifestyle.
1: Yeah, dot .com. I'll
0: put that in the show notes. Um, and you're also on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook yeah. is La Luna Sun Wear S.A.
1: Oh, that's the old one. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's La Luna Lifestyle
0: la luna lifestyle mm. okay i'll put that in the show notes and instagram is la luna underscore lifestyle the,
1: the la luna
0: the la luna underscore lifestyle yes <laughs> all right brilliant i'll put that in the show notes all of those links anyway I just,
1: yeah i just feel that it's very hard to navigate through something and to get advice from so many people that haven't walked
0: yeah
1: a journey yeah, definitely. And sadly I've, I've walked the journey of two types of divorce situations.
0: Yeah, you have. You really have. And I think there's so much to be gained from, you know, women connecting with each other okay. and the power of the sisterhood. I love it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I love that people, you know, if you want to Mm. surround yourself with positive women and you know Mm. even talk to women there are women out there you know like yourself belinda who um really happy Mm. to really talk to talk to talk to each other on a deeper level you know it's um so much it's, it's so beneficial
1: yeah and and really i stress again women that can genuinely hear your story and not their experience onto, as a template onto your story, because yeah. not all difficult marriages need to land up in divorce. Not at all. No, no. So I'm not a great advocate for us. Oh, get divorced, be free, find your, you know, <laughs> I as you know, it's, the grass is not green on the other side yeah it's hard set of tremendous challenges
0: absolutely Linda we better start wrapping up but something that I really like to finish up on when I have single mom guests is if you could tell us what is the best thing about being a single mom and also if you could share any advice for any new single mom
1: I think the best thing is that I can spread my wings as wide and as far as I want to. I don't ever feel the need to make myself feel smaller to make my husband feel bigger. Yeah. That's huge for me.
0: So huge.
1: And, uh, yeah, because I think it takes a very, um, a man that's very comfortable within himself to see his woman, Spread her wings really expansively.
0: Yeah, and not feel intimidated threatened, exactly. or threatened. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. You're free. You feel free.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So good. And um, do you have any advice for any brand new single mom who's just sort of embarking on this new single mum journey?
1: Yeah, the advice. I mean, I think the new singlehood journey is a roller coaster where I think one day you feel euphoric, you feel you have the world at your feet, and the next day you want to crumble because you feel like invisible in this huge, demanding world. So I think it's a, such a roller coaster ride, and it's not to attach to any moment, not the highs and not the lows, because they're all just going to come and flow until you yeah. find an equilibrium, which yeah takes time to process, but not to attach yeah. to the emotions.
0: Yeah. It's really good advice.
1: And not to outsource whatever you have to walk through. Because nobody's yeah. going
0: to rescue you. Yes work through the emotions Mm. sit with the pain find yourself
1: yeah and even if you have to sit with pain through the pain with girlfriends or just company yeah but yeah essentially it's your unique beautiful journey
0: yeah it's so good Thank you so much, Belinda. Like, thank you for being so open and raw and, you know, just sharing this really personal story. It, um, it means a lot to me. And I know that you would have really helped people. So thank I you so much.
1: So. I really hope so. Thank you.
0: No, pleasure. Now, your um, store as well, by the way, you've got online store and you've got a like bricks and mortar store as well, which is in Double Bay. Is that right?
1: In Volclues.
0: In Volclues. Yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm going to have to come down and take a look because the, the clothes look absolutely divine. So, yeah, amazing.
1: Thank you. I think what you're doing, Julia, is quite phenomenal.
0: Oh, thank you! It's I love best.
1: it. If if I had, a, if I had a source like this, going through it, it's oh gosh, what an invaluable array of information and networking and just support you offer women. It's phenomenal.
0: Thank you. I really love it. I love it because I get to speak to so many amazing single mums like you, and I think, you know, it's something that. um People who listen often email me and say, you know, they love these episodes where I talk to other single mums because it really makes them see like I am not alone in this, you know, because sometimes mm. you really do feel like that when you're a new single mum. You don't know any other single mums and you know realistically there's other single mums out there. Absolutely. But you feel alone and it's really nice to hear from, from other single mums who have got through those tough times.
1: Well, I'd be very, as I said, to reiterate, I'd be very happy for anybody to contact me.
0: So lovely of you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you Hi. for as well finding a quiet yes. <laughs> quiet spot. I know it's been a little bit difficult yes. in the library, but um, I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you Julia for the opportunity, really and the patience with me and the techno. Oh
0: god. <laughs> Don't worry. You're not the first and you won't be the last. Oh god. <laughs> <So>.
1: techno, <no. laughs>
0: All right. Well, have a wonderful day, and I'll speak to you soon.
1: Great. Thank you. Take care.
0: You too. Bye bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, wasn't that amazing, Belinda? I just want to thank you again for your time and for sharing some of your personal story with us. It really means a lot, and. Wow. Just wow. I think you're amazing. And I think you should be so bloody proud of yourself. And thank you for listening. I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. There was so much wisdom and great advice in that episode. I mean, what an inspirational woman. I think some of the the key takeaways that I took from that was the reaction that you have, sometimes the best reaction can just be stillness, sitting in the stillness and finding your empowerment through that. Another takeaway was trusting, trusting that everything will be okay. Okay, If you're in a situation right now where you feel like it's really hard to, to see the light, or it's really hard to see yourself in a different situation, or you're really struggling in some way, and it's really hard to see a way out of it, trusting that everything is going to be okay. And that, you know, the universe has got our backs and sometimes things can change and things can happen in ways that you, you know, none of us can even imagine. Some of the other things that we touched on is don't enter a new relationship with the idea that it's going to fix everything because as Belinda said, and as we know, even though it sucks and it can be really painful and hard, getting to that point ourselves where we feel really good and we feel settled and we feel like we've, we've worked through the grief and we've worked through the pain is really empowering and can put us in a situation where we're much, much better off for our next relationship. Another thing that I really took out of it was that it can be really good for your children to see some vulnerability in you. I mean, what a bond between Belinda and her daughter. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. And I really hope that, you know, when my daughter's 18, we are as close as that as well, because I just think that's incredible. Anyway, um, I'm going to put all of Belinda's links that we talked about in the show notes. She's been so kind to provide her personal email with us. So please get in touch with her if you feel like, you know, something that she said really resonates with you and you, you know, want to touch base with her, feel free to reach out. I'm sure she would love to hear from you and I will put all her other links for Instagram and Facebook and her website, La Luna Lifestyle. You've got to check it out, ladies. It's amazing. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at Julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And please come over and check out my blog and all the other episodes of the podcast. I think you'll definitely find something that you can, that will resonate with you. And when you're on the homepage, you can also there's a link to join the Single Mother Survival Guide support forum, which is a Facebook group for us to all connect with each other. So come on in and join the group. And you can also on my website, book in a 30 minute complimentary clarity call to find out how I can help you to get back on your feet. You know, it's, um, I'm here to support you and help you, and I do have one-on-one mentoring programs. My e-course is not running at the moment, but I do work one-on-one with women, only four at a time. So please get in touch if you want to do that. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you could rate it in iTunes. It will take you five seconds. Um, it would be so amazing and I'd really appreciate it if you've been listening to this podcast forever and you haven't had a chance to do it yet I'd be so grateful um, you just have to go to the show in whatever app well in iTunes or the podcast app you just have to tap on the stars when you scroll down so it's very very simple uh, thank you so much for doing that and thank you so much for everybody who has done it already I love reading the reviews and I've worked out how to look at the reviews from other countries because when I go on my phone I can only see the ones from Australia but now I know how to look at them all from overseas and it's oh, it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will speak to you next week. Okay. Bye for now.